I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, a show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. If you recently discovered this podcast, stick around, listen, and become a regular. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. Joining me in the studio today is my drinking buddy, my brother from another mother, mother, the man some call the bringer of wholesome goodness wrapped up in a burrito of madness and self-deprecating, wait, I'm going too far, my good friend Paul Ramey. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? A, bur- I, a burrito of self-defecation? Is yeah, that what I said? No, I, oh. got, I got carried away. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to do that. And I thought, eh, I like it. Yeah, people miss you it. You were on a roll. People miss it when I used to do that for you. So They do? They yeah. commented on that? They have. I choose to ignore our listeners. So I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a fun show planned today. Our yes. guest on this, on this episode is content creator I personally have looked up to for and learned a lot from for, for quite some time, really. He's a YouTuber, teacher, videographer, podcaster, and all-around master of content creation. If there is such a thing as a Jedi Knight of the content creator universe, he would be one for sure. So, without any further delay, please welcome to the show the man of the hour, Javier Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it. You beat me to it. How's it He's going? The, Thanks, Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> <laughs> we had... Uh, for everybody listening, we had technical difficulties, and, and Paul will tell you, when I start getting technical difficulties, I start panicking a little bit. He starts being out. very difficult in a technical manner. Yeah. It's it's scary here. <laughs> Angry he's, Viking. He's just technical. All right. So, uh, as, as we always do, we're going to talk about what we are drinking in studio, and uh, we'll get right to the point. I'm having, well, we are both having, Paul and I. Twelve Dogs of Christmas. It's a it's a beer from Thirsty Dog. It's I got gold gold. Uh, what do you call it? Gold lame, gold leaf, gold foil, whatever. Gold foil, yeah. Foil. Gold foil, yeah. It's it's, it's kind of cool, and it was kind of expensive. Um, it's got a great color. I'm sure I'm going to hate it. You probably will. That's the whole idea. It's very uh, apple cider ish. It, it is Javier. I do this to him every time. <laughs> I'm, I ha- he's not a drinker, right? So <laughs> he tries this stuff, and he's, he always gives me this look, like why why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's interesting. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's not real sure about it. Javier, what are you having today? I have coffee. <laughs> that's a good choice. Yeah, coffee, coffee and water. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had coffee. I, I only had one cup. We've been talking about adding that as a as a drink once in a while. Yeah, yeah. There's It'd so many different ones. It would be good. I don't hate this, by the way. Yeah, it's not too bad. You know. There's Actually, something there I can't tell know. what it tastes like. There's... There's, I, it's, I, there's like apple or citrus or something or some kind of fruity. Yeah, it's got spices, pineapple, Christmassy spices, right? Well, I don't know. There's, there's. It's or, winter time. Nothing grows in the winter. How can there be? <laughs> See what I have to deal with every time. It's pumpkin spice is it? <laughs> so anyway, actually, because Javier brought coffee to the whole thing, he can be our designated podcaster. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great term. That's an awesome term. It I like is, that. Right. All right. I know I, I basically, to, to get everybody up to speed, I know you from uh, YouTube videos and all of your teachings, uh, Premiere and Photoshop. And uh, the real turning point for me was your podcast, uh, Passion in Progress, uh, specifically the episode with Jeff Barsh. Barch. Uh, people know him as a story greenlight, but uh, tell us a little bit about what you've done and, and what you're doing right now. And uh, the whole, I mean, just the whole Javier experience, basically. <laughs> uh- <laughs> So we started off with technical difficulties before the podcast. So I actually want to tell a story about how um, I was an audio engineer before everything on YouTube. 
And when I was starting out, I just had a, um, I guess, I think this was after I graduated. I'm pretty sure. I moved to Atlanta. The Actually, it's, Christmas is coming up, and it was the day after Christmas. I had graduated um, halfway through the year, and I got a job doing sound for an arena, and it's in Atlanta. Actually, this is Gwinnett, so this is like, uh, I want to say like where all the D-League teams play for uh, ATL. And oh, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like out in the suburbs, but they also have like one of the best, um, like D league, uh, hockey teams, the gladiators. I think they're still there. Anyhow, I was hosting, uh, or I was running the soundboard for these graduations and it's for all the public schools in all of that suburban community. So it's a plethora of people. And during that whole shebang, it's like a week long ordeal. So they just churn out every single public high school. And towards the end, one of the biggest schools that was coming through, uh, I was freelancing audio at the time. So I'm like, people were reaching out to me because they saw that I was the guy behind the soundboard. So some of the teachers would come up to me and they were like, Oh, Hey, like, do you do sound? And obviously like I'm behind the soundboard. So I'm like, (laughs) Oh yeah. And I'm like trying to get any kind of freelance gig that I can at that time. And one of the music teachers was like, well, we would love for you to like come and consult and do like the stuff, the kind of stuff that I do on YouTube. Um, but this is like (laughs) maybe 10 years ago. Uh, anyhow, (laughs) what ends up happening is I'm like, yeah, man, I would love to come do that. All this stuff. Uh, start having a good relationship with them. And he's like, well, let's see how everything goes during the actual graduation. Sound check goes awesome. Everything goes swell. The actual graduation starts happening. Graduation ceremony starts. And out of nowhere comes these radio ads blasting over <laughs> the over um, the in-house speakers. So what ended up happening was uh, I had no control over it. And something happened where the radio signal from, I don't know, the game the night before or something was connected into the in-house speakers and it just turned on and there's no way for me to go from the arena floor and run up all the (laughs) way to like where the penthouses are, where the actual (laughs) soundboard is for the in-house system. Everything that I was working on was a, um, was all self-contained. It was all down on the ground. So I had no way of accessing those speakers, but everybody in the whole arena, which is like 5,000 plus students and family members didn't know that they're all just staring at me and you're behind the board, bud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One of the, one of the worst feelings is it's not only like, say this happens at a concert. These are people that are paying for it and everything, which I have like a lot of stories like that kind of thing where you just have to think on your feet to problem solve audio. But this was on another level because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity where these parents are coming to view their kids walk down the aisle And the moment that the radio started blaring and it was something like Sunday, 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 blah, blah, blah. Like, like the most cliche thing that you could hear the most, like it just, it, like it it started happening while the music teacher was having his choir sing. So there goes my freelance gig down the drain. And I was like, my, my heart just sank all the way down into the, the ground. But, um, luckily I was able to keep my job with the arena because I was able to prove that I had nothing to do with it. 
I I actually had a kind of soundboard at the time that was one of the first kind of soundboards that could do live sound and a um and a studio track at the same time. So you could so I could run the mix and record to a computer. It was a studio live 16 track board. And, um, what ended up happening was I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to test this out. So I was able to bring up those recordings and showcase that I like whatever that radio feed was, I had nothing to do with. Like it wasn't coming through my board. I wasn't like, I was just a guy that was down at the soundboard, like caught up in this, which was like nice, but I was trying to explain this to the principal of the school. And obviously (laughs) the, the higher ups of the arena had to like kind of take the blunt, but I was just like, uh, I'm so sorry. I just felt so bad. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the worst, one of the worst, um, trying to problem solve. What ended up happening was I just, I ended up like powering off the board, powering up. And once I powered off the board and the signal was still pumping through, I was like, I'm screwed. I have no idea what I can do. So throughout the rest of that graduation intermittently, the radio would come on and I would just like <laughs> want to punch myself in the face and crack out all my teeth. <laughs> but I, yeah, I definitely have a lot of different stories of that where, especially with live sound where stuff hits the fan and you have to think completely on your feet. Like I had a board go down a, um, before a show choir concert and with show choir, you, this specific one, it had about, we have, 16 people plus on stage that all have their mm-hmm. own wireless microphone. Oh, so it, wow. so we have our own dedicated person that is specifically only mixing the vocals. And I get that feed from a completely other mixing board up at front of house while we're playing. Um, and then I have on top of that, another 32 tracks of band. So it's a live band and the, um, the vocals at the same time. So I have to like, I have to kind of juggle that in my head. Well, what ended up happening on one show was this like power coupling, whatever thing on, um, one of the leads that like takes the power to the board just got fried and the board just shut off like 10 minutes before the show was supposed to start. Uh And there's no coming back from that. Like we had to, we literally had to um, get rid of that board, send it in. And then they sent us a replacement, but obviously that's a couple months later. So I had to think on my feet for that whole thing. This was in college. So I had one of um, my other people run up to uh, one of the classrooms, rip one of the biggest soundboards that we could get out of the classroom, unplug all of the inserts and ins and outs run it back down to the front of house. Our main director is there doing crowd control saying like, Hey, we had a little issue. We'll be just a couple minutes, just a couple (laughs) minutes late. Like imagine, imagine like I have this stuff (laughs) built into my muscle memory of like, okay, snare hits here. This vocal goes this time. And I can't do like, I have to completely mix on the fly for this whole show. Not only that, but it's like a completely new EQ setup sound, all of that stuff. But that's when your theoretical memory comes in to uh, kind of alleviate the tactile memory of just like, you just have to go. You have to like, it ended up being okay, but that was another like stuff. hits the fan. You have to think of something on the fly and get the job done. And when it comes yeah. to like the recording world, what Mike was talking about, that's why I have that. Those are the kind of um, 
things that have happened to me in the past where when it comes to recording like a big guest or something like that, I have a story on my, um, on my YouTube channel where I talk about when my audio went down when, uh, when I was the audio engineer recording John Cena for the Chive podcast. And what I did was have an audio backup and I had a redundancy there. When I was recording with Jeff Barsh, it was the same thing. I, I didn't have to redo my whole podcast because I had a redundancy. Um, what yeah. would be funny is if something happened here and then all of a sudden we had to have a redundancy <laughs> on this right. one. Right. But um, always running a backup is the, the biggest thing that I try and preach whenever it comes to uh, podcasting and audio, just because of so many instances that I've had where it just saved my butt, saved my job yeah. and had people call me back because they knew that they could count on me for another instance of whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I've never really, when I first started doing this, I was like, I, the recorder, you know, it, it's good. It'll do its thing. And that's all I need. I was using an H4N at the time and I thought I don't need backup or redundancy. And, and I was really kind of sketchy. Our, our first I don't want to say our first couple of episodes, I didn't have it. And I saw that video and I was like, oh, that's a good point. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's the whole idea with experiences make us better at what we do. You know, when you run into problems, you realize this is never going to happen again because I'm going to do this. And uh, I really, really appreciate that. Something like the, um, like the graduation story, he was just saying, though, that was totally out of his hands. And mm -hmm. what I wanted to ask is, do you think that that better, you say that was like 10 years ago? Something around there. Yeah, it was like right when I graduated. So you think that that, that has better prepared you? Um, not so much, that there, not in a technical way, because there's not a whole lot of technical things that you could learn from that, but just kind of having that go wrong 10 years later, you know you can handle anything that's thrown at oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, I think if you talk to any live sound engineer or like recording engineer, there are there is no way they have gotten to where they've gotten if they're in a professional, like, in, like if you're somebody recording like two chains or I don't like some really big artist like <laughs> right. Katy Perry or something like that. There's no way that they got to that point recording that person without having like multiple instances of things going wrong and them having to problem solve. I have like. I could, I could tell stories and stories on like days on days on stories of, uh, where you just have to be prepared when things go wrong. Like I was recording, yeah. um, uh, Morgan Freeman for, uh, the, these visa commercials. And this is after I got like a full-time gig doing, um, working at a recording studio. And when you get into those situations, you just, there's no, oh, hey, could you do that again, please? I wasn't recording. Oh, actually, right. this is a better story. Do you know, um, I think it's Aaron Paul, the, the, yeah. Um, yeah, the guy yeah. that uh, he was a Breaking Bad, um, yeah. I believe. So He was in a movie I just seen at uh, Triple Nine. Oh, that's yeah. a good one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, is he in that? I, I want to watch yeah. that. Um, it is good. No, so, no spoilers here. <laughs> so I, I was recording Aaron Paul for an ADR, and this is when he was doing Need for Speed. There's a scene in that where... He, I think he falls off a bridge or something like that and he's in water or um, something like that where he just needs to breathe heavily. And something that might not be, this is for sure something where if you're in the studio, you know how hard it is. But for people that are just listening, I don't really know how I can portray how much of an effort it is to breathe deeply <laughs> for an extended period of time. So for those listening, if you haven't heard of ADR before, 
I don't believe it really stands for audio dialogue replacement. I think one of those letters is off, but that's kind of what it is. (laughs) Um, What happens is after a movie is finished, if say if there was a airplane going across the sky or if they were shooting all of this green screen footage, what ADR will do is people will go to a studio like the one that I worked in, will will re-record their lines and they'll lip sync to their um to what is on the screen much like what people mm-hmm. would think of if they're watching youtube and you see a bad lip sync except this isn't a bad lip sync it's actually supposed to be like a perfect lip sync yeah. um and aaron paul was doing these uh, to, in order to add more gravitas to this scene he was in the middle of this water and you can't really hold a microphone to him while he's trying to like breathe heavy in the water because obviously you're <laughs> going to ruin the mic you're not going to get a good signal so he, he they do it in post so when you're doing these kinds of things, I'm in Atlanta, the other people are in Los Angeles. What, normally what happens is they'll produce or they'll, they'll coach the actor from a studio in LA while I'm in the other end hitting record and running the video feed for them here <laughs> in, or while I was in Atlanta. So while I'm, while I'm doing this, um, there's certain sync things that I need to happen. So they're sending me time code so they can hit play on their end. And I'm basically just like a guy that makes sure stuff doesn't break. Like the epitome of what we're talking about here. <laughs> right, right. Um, and <laughs> I also like, you need to have redundancies just in case something does break and they lose their feed and you're going to send them the raw files, so on and so forth. What really ended up happening was they hit play on their end. And normally when they do something like that, you'll watch a scene because obviously I'm assuming, which is a great thing not to do, <laughs> assume. I'm assuming right, right, right. that the actor does not know what they're about to do ADR for, which is probably a really good assumption. Like, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to re-record the words like, I'm eating apples in this scene and what we'll do is we'll play back the scene so they can get a feel for the cadence and how they were acting in that scene and then all of a sudden we'll like we'll start doing takes so they can replicate what they said on screen so we can do the ADR well what ended up happening in this scene is they started playing it and Aaron Paul just started acting and I (laughs) in order for Pro Tools to start recording the way that I had it set up you have to like stop and then hit record right Mm -hmm. so Aaron Paul's going and this i'm like okay uh, this is this is all right like i'll just like we'll just have him do this for like a couple seconds and then i'll just like i'll just redo it whatever the scene is like five minutes long and he just is like going oh man and whoever's listening if you could do that for five minutes like yeah you're you're you got some really good lungs. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't pass out, really. Yeah, so, well, he, he like, they get paid the big bucks for a reason. Like, he he actually, right. like, he's doing, like, an amazing job acting there. And the whole time, I'm just sinking in my seat. And I'm like, wait, does he think, like, we're recording right now? Oh, no. <laughs> like, whatever. And so, I had to, we got done with that five minutes. And he's just, like, he, like, imagine, like, a really good scene where the actor has been the best person, the best acting and everything. And the director's like, cut, let's move on. And then you're the person behind the board that has to be like, um, by the way, I wasn't recording. Oh, we had some clipping there. Let's uh, get a cleaner take. <laughs> oh, I tried to trust me. There's so many instances where you, you try and find other excuses of like, Oh, I didn't hit the record, but which some, most of the time, if that does happen, it's like warranted. But, um, to be honest, there is, there is a backup that I was running 
it just would take so effing long to try and <laughs> to try and send it to the client how that backup would have worked. So it was just like I was not recording. I, I you just have to own up to it. Like you have yeah. to oh say they're God. on yeah. set. And this is this isn't like with your friends or anything. This is like with really top tier producers, like um, like directors and all that stuff where you're like, please um and the other thing that sucks too is I at that time would represent a whole studio that has a, reputa- a reputation for oh, the yeah. kind of things. So yeah, it's like definitely. I'm an engineer at that place, and I do not of every, of anything. I do not want to be the guy that like stops a certain type of paycheck coming every single month from said studio. So I had to, you have to own up to that kind of stuff when you're oh, yeah. when you're hitting record and all that kind of like. So I owned up to it, and then he just. Aaron Paul gave me like the biggest stare, but you could tell that like, like I said, where if I was in his situation, I know that just what I was talking about before, if somebody's gotten to a certain place, they've run into that instance where just something went wrong, something blah, blah, blah. But after all of these different things happening to me in these situations, that's why I like when I record my YouTube videos now, I have, one, two, I have three separate kind of audio feeds. I have two, <laughs> I have two video feeds and it's more, and this is just me. Like, I know I can re-record stuff, but the thing is, right, right. but, but right, the thing is it. when, what ends up happening is that's time that I cannot get back. That's effort that I cannot re, that yes. I can't replicate. Absolutely. And sometimes when I do a certain take, I'm like, I just spent like two hours trying to get that so well, that way I didn't have to like do jump cuts. But mm-hmm. then say the SD card went out on my camera. Thankfully, I was running a feed from the HDMI cables directly into my computer. So I have that, that it's that kind of stuff. Or if I just yeah. had the audio, at least I have the audio. It's those kind of um, experiences built up over time where I just, yeah, redundancy. Yeah. yeah, it's such a good thing. It really is. You mentioned 2 chains. Did he ever get back with you ever two chains yeah. <laughs> yeah i uh yeah so i um i i recorded him for a law and order svu episode he oh, i didn't know that he was That's um cool. he was guest starring in wow. one and he funny story is he came to our studio in like think of the most cliche rap kind of studio that our studio was that in the in the center hub of atlanta but during the day we did things like corporate kind of gigs and ADR, like this post-production type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So during the day, the full-time employees would record ADR. Then at night it would switch over. It's like a 24 seven facility. That's when the rappers would come in and start doing their thing. Well, two chains comes in and he had, he came to our smaller studio and he was like, I didn't even know like this part of the studio existed because (laughs) those like the rat, there's no reason for the rappers to come to like the ADR side or like the post-production side of the studio. They're always in like the, the really cool, like, decked out rapping parts. So he comes into one of them and he asked me if he could smoke weed um, in the studio. <laughs> and I know that our, um, our owners were like, it just it, like, it messes with the equipment and all that stuff. So they like their opinion on that was always like, don't let people smoke. Obviously <laughs> when it was the rapper people that in the actual rapping studios, it just took so like. I, I mm-hmm. interned at that um, studio and it always took so long to get that smell out when the corporate people <laughs> from like Home Depot would come in the next day. Or, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, 2 Chains was like one of the coolest guys that I've met. 
he was like, oh yeah, man, that's, that's completely fine. That's cool. So he just, he did his, um, he did his whole shtick, his ADR stuff and then went out of the studio. He was like super cordial, professional about it. And I was like, whoa, I just told 2 Chains that he can't smoke weed in our <laughs> studio. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, I got to ask you too, because uh, I'm kind of a gear nut when it comes to things and, and software and all that. But mm-hmm. you mentioned Pro Tools uh, when you were in Atlanta doing a lot of things. And you do a lot with the Adobe ecosystem in your YouTube uh, channel uh, teaching and things like that. Are you still using Pro Tools for audio or? No, I I, like I literally just I've gotten so fast at doing things within Premiere Pro and everything that I'm doing at this point is spoken word. So Mm -hmm. I don't even use Audition to do my audio editing. I just use Premiere. And it's funny. It's funny because I used to be as fast or faster at Pro Tools because that was my full time forty hours a week job, right. just like straight up cutting audiobooks, this kind of um, commercial stuff, and just mm-hmm. everything audio. And I haven't touched Pro Tools for so long. There's a couple techniques that I, if I know that I'm like gonna make a song or something like that, or I can mm-hmm. cut to a certain thing, I know I could open up Pro Tools. But I actually just sold my um, Digio too, so I don't know even know if I can open up Pro Tools anymore. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. yeah. It at this point, I'm like, I'm so far from using Pro Tools that the only thing that I I would like hit tab to transient and be so happy, but that would be about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm I'm really I haven't used it in about ten years, so I'm I'm really thinking I want to get back to it, but I don't I don't see the 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 necessity of it, you know, Mm -hmm. for for what I do and and different things. I use Audition quite a bit for audio and and all that, but whenever I do videos, I, I never leave. Um, premiere for yeah. anything. I'm trying to get trying to get used to DaVinci. I really want to love DaVinci, but I I just I'm still stuck with Pro with uh, Premiere. I really like it. Yeah. So, Paul, you got you got a look on your face like you got something to say. Way to bring us all down with technical jargon. It was going <laughs> I know, real right? good. I know. Everybody's listening, going, "Oh, there he goes." <laughs> <laughs> I, I use Ableton. Yeah. That's, who cares? There's nothing wrong with Ableton. <laughs> nothing wrong. I mean, whatever gets the job done, right? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's the important part. Um, I got to ask you, what's, what's the, I, I always ask people when they're creative, um, it's hard to put into words. It really isn't really that hard to put into words, but I always think that there's a huge answer for this, but what, what is the best creative advice you've ever received? Ever received? Yeah. Oh man. Solicited or unsolicited, it doesn't matter. Just whatever the best advice you've ever received was. It, you know what's interesting is after doing the um, the podcast for so long, I uh, I th- so I haven't I haven't released one of my podcast episodes I think for like eight months, and I I don't know how many episodes I'm up to. I I think it was like in the eighties, or so. it was getting close to a hundred. It was enough to where yeah. I was like, oh man, I didn't make it to a hundred yet. <laughs> um, but if it was. I think it's more the overall collective through line between all of my guests of putting in the time to do something, the amount of time they spent doing that thing and avoiding whatever said distractions would ultimately have them come out on the other side. Yeah. Better for sure as a better person and in most instances in most instances they would achieve whatever they were trying to achieve they would surpass it or it was 
they hit a fork in the road where it was like, oh, I actually didn't even know that I wanted to do said thing. I'll go this way. And then it was something that they didn't even anticipate that they would be doing, but they like, that's the thing that they were doing. So I I, totally, totally get that. I I don't know if that really answers the question, but I, I, what, what I found from doing my own podcast and talking to so many people and at the end asking them like, like about their struggles and everything, what I ended up finding was that I had most of the questions that I was asking during a specific episode had some way, shape or form, uh, a way to relate back to what I, what kind of struggles or issues I was having as a creative. And then we could go, we could both just like start talking about the same issue, even though they may have certain variables that are completely different, the same like idea would be there. I feel like I'm speaking in complete, like not specific (laughs) things, but that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, there's a synergy there, mm-hmm. honestly, because when when and that's the thing I love about about the show and and anybody listening who may have missed it in the beginning, passion in progress is something you need to add to your list. Uh, there, uh, I just took a quick glance. There's 87 episodes. Oh, I was right, 80, 80 something. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a ton of content too. There I is. was, check, you know, I just became familiar here this week and checking it out. I was just kind of blown away with uh, all the content and the diversity and. It's very interesting. So yeah, it's if you're into audio at all and and content creation, uh, it, and I, I think a lot of artists in general, you know, whether you be a painter or a musician or anything, you're you're going to come in contact with audio if you're wanting to put something out on the internet. So it, it's huge. I think it's honestly, I feel like it's seventy five percent of what happens online, and a lot of folks don't. How did you land on that number, 75%? I just, I feel like it's a good number because... So you just pulled that out of your ass? Well, no, no, because if 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 you're watching a video, mm-hmm. let's just say you're watching a video and the audio is terrible, you're oh, yeah. going to click away. It's, you're dead in the water. Yep. Yeah, okay. but, if the, but if the video is bad and the audio is fantastic, you might endure it. Uh, so yeah, I, I just, right. I'll I give you that. that okay. You know, 75 is a good number. I didn't want to go 80 or 90 because that's getting a little pretentious with audio, but... Yeah. 75 I'm with you. you you got me on there so you're yeah, skeptical yeah, yeah. here I am well I mean it, it it's one of the things but yeah you go out and listen listen to these these podcasts there's there's so much and you got you got so many people on there that have a diverse background in what they do I mean there's uh oh shoot I can't remember her name but she was a, a fitness instructor uh Kelly G um, fit yes yes uh it, it just there, there's just so much there that benefits creatives in general. You yeah. Know? The, I, there was one through line um, in between all of this where it starting out with a podcast, it was meant as a way to network, which is, is like, I think ultimately that's a great engine for that. But mm-hmm. then hearing the stories and then getting inspired by all of these people that you're physically talking to is really cool. Uh, one of the one of my biggest episodes was the one with um, the Buttery Bros, who are the filmmakers behind the CrossFit Games. And the if you look up CrossFit Games on Netflix, they're the people that have produced all of those documentaries. And it like I watched those documentaries, and then there was one that I it wasn't the most recent one, but there was one of one of the ones on Netflix. I saw it, and then at the end, uh, I when I was doing my podcast at 
I started to key into the producer or director or whoever that was in the credits, then actually look them up on social media. That never really occurred to me. And then it just so Mm -hmm. happened that when I looked up them on their social media, they had a story about their airplane about to land in Austin, Texas, where I live. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute. So I sent them a DM and then they were here to document. They have their own YouTube channel now, um, which I didn't know at the time. And uh, I just sent them a DM and I was like, Hey, would you guys be willing to come on my podcast and just like talk about your stuff? I'm a huge fan of all your work. And what I thought was all their work at the time. And then after I DM them, I started looking them up and I was like, oh, they have a really huge uh, YouTube channel, which is just like the same as their documentaries. It's really mm-hmm. cool. But um, they came over and they told their whole story about the CrossFit games and all that kind of stuff, which was kind of cool to get a behind the scenes look of the behind the scenes that they already produce for their channel. And just like, it's like when you get the DVD extra features, which if I hope some people still remember DVD extra features <laughs> right. listening, but you get to like, you get to ask personal questions of like, oh, I have a question about this thing um, from that, whatever that, so that was a really cool one. And then another, mm-hmm. uh, my most popular episode at this point in time is my uh, 75 hard episode where I went 75 days which is a, a, a challenge. He doesn't like to call it a challenge, but for the sake of the podcast, <laughs> I'm just going to call it a challenge. Um, it's 75 days where you drink a gallon of water each day. You follow a strict diet. Um, you have to read 10 pages of a book, um, a business book. You, you have to <laughs> work out twice a day. Each of those workouts has to be 45 um, minutes long. And then... Um, there's one that I'm missing and whoever knows this is going to be like so mad that I didn't get the last one, but there's, oh. there's, there's five things that you have to do every yeah. single day. Um, well, oh, take already, a, oh, so yeah. the, the last one is you have to take a selfie. You have, you have to take oh, a, okay. a yeah, you yeah. have to take a progress picture. Um, I remember seeing that. Yes. Uh, so you, you really got cut during. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> um, at, for, uh, for a long time, I, I I think I, when I did it, I was one of the first to like just do it publicly kind of or just like release something on it. So whenever somebody would look 75 hard up, I would always appear top in the search. I don't know if it's the same now, but um, yeah, I had a lot of people reach out and that, that episode still gets a lot of listens just because other people want to look at that challenge and like see um, somebody else's experience. But Going through 75 hard when I was doing it, it gave me a lot. It gave me a lot to talk about in terms of enduring something and putting your brain and all of your willpower towards one specific thing. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking to entrepreneurs or other creatives, there's so much more that I could relate to in terms of like when I had the fitness people on, I could be like, oh, well, what do you think about this type of fitness thing? But the other crazy thing about it was like, the healthier you got, the more creative you could get because all of your endorphins are like your brain's clean because you're not like drinking mm-hmm. as much coffee and like all this other. Oh, mm-hmm. and obviously it wouldn't be a big thing for this podcast. But another one of the rules is that there was no alcohol. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think because I wasn't drinking any beer, I like cut so much weight so much or so fast. But um, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was a really good experience also. But yeah. 
Lots now, of, behind the, lots behind lots the scenes, I got I to gotta ask, because I had some of the people in my circle were like, oh, I love Javier. You're going to have him on the show? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're thinking, he's going to be on your show. Yeah, he's going to be on my show. Well, what's he drinking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I don't think he drinks. Like, oh no no I uh, no I do I do I do definitely drink um in fact my my wife just got a um uh a beer a month beer of the month club type of thing oh, for um, nice yeah my brother it's early it's yeah. early where you're at so you know yeah yeah but <laughs> no I just like, I just have coffee right now yeah it's a good idea good idea I will say though that the I the the alcohol and the like for the type of diet that I was pursuing the sweets aren't as big of a factor to me. Like it's easier for me to give up those things, but I'd still yeah. like love doing them. But I know for some people during when they're pursuing 75 hard, like that was the one hardest thing for me. It was reading 10 pages of a book. I'm like one of the slowest readers that you've ever met. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think I got you back there. <laughs> so the, the 10 pages is like what that was the biggest struggle for me. Yeah. I, I think 10 pages would be rough for me. I, I, I'm one of those people that always buy a book thinking, oh, this will be great. And I almost never read it. Mm. <laughs> then I, I pop back in it and I struggle to keep my attention span on that book. So it, it's, it's, it's difficult, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we have reached the segment of the show that I like to ask rapid fire questions. Let's do it. And, yeah. And give all you listening time to finish that drink. All right. So. This is this is gonna be fun. I, I also think. like the rapid fire sound. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's you should pause, do that every pause. time. I know. Right? Add some reverb to it or some echo. Rapid fire. Give me give me some reverb next time when you will, when you impose. Put it in. Yeah, rapid. We're, we're using that clip right there. All right. So I'm just going to throw this out there. I was browsing YouTube and I found this guy with a bass strapped on him. Right, just little little bass. He was he was in a record store nah. playing some music. Can you tell me about the band Groove Shelter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was my high school band. That was that was definitely the start of me actually caring about school. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, so, so what he's referencing is we have um, a band called Groove Shelter. I'm actually interested. Was that under like a Groove Shelter YouTube channel? I can't no. remember. Or was that? I don't. It I don't was, think that's on my channel. It is not. I okay. uh, I don't recall the channel name actually. So he's a I fellow. You're it. a fellow bassist. Yeah, yeah. So my actually my dad, oh, yeah. my dad, um, my dad met my mom because he was in, he's the bassist or he was the bassist for think of like Jimmy Fallon's house band, but for um a Latino community. So he was uh part of Cojuntos Quisqueya. Um, oh, nice. And he he was the bass player, but my mom saw him at a concert uh while he was playing in Puerto Rico, and yeah, definitely grew up around That's my cool. dad playing bass and piano and all <laughs> that kind cool. of stuff. But you it, did a you did a video uh, with him playing, right? Yep. Yeah, I think that one is on my. I don't know if that one's on my channel either. Maybe maybe it is. I think it is because you were like all over the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So the cool. the Father's Day one. There's another yeah. video around the internet somewhere where my little sister is singing and then he's playing guitar oh. and I'm playing guitar and I think it's uh, what a day for a daydream. We're we're doing that one, but um, basically is if you could think of the most cliche teenager gets into high school garage band literally like we're in 
the basement of a <laughs> right. Like we had a Strokes cover band. If you look up Javier Mercedes and Strokes cover band, you'll probably find me somewhere. Um, I'm doing. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I'm playing bass as Nikolai Fratcher from um from the Strokes, but that we I had two buddies that are my best friends till today or still today. And they, um, one was a drummer. The other one was guitar player, played bass, but I was also the guy that like, Oh, I think uh, let's try and figure out this, uh, this whole recording thing. And that's back in the day when it was like, it wasn't tape, which I do. I even predate that where I, I was recording some (laughs) stuff to tape, but um, it was like <laughs> you, you had to record things into a specific kind of software. I think at the yeah. time it was called waves or something like that, but it was similar to, if you got a take, like you had to go with that take and then kind of start <laughs> layering, layering on your different, uh, different, uh, tracks and all that stuff, but yeah. you couldn't exactly hit the undo button. Like that's. Right. that's at the point of wherever the digital i bet there was a way to multi-track i just wasn't smart enough to like do i was just like oh man we got this thing so yeah i go back to four track so you're not yeah you're not telling me no four yeah. track on four track on cassette was nice but man when you ever if you ever went into a studio and they had like 15 minutes of tape and you were paying for like 300 dollars of tape and you had 15 minutes it was like oh this, this seems ridiculous but then you look at the, the price of the studio and you're, you're it's no wonder records cost so much at the right. time. But uh Yeah, we had tape machines in the studio that I was at, and there was only a couple mm-hmm. times that um they were put to use. Marvin Gay's uh son came in and he had like some old school like Marvin Gay stuff that they brought up on the track on the wow. tape player for some like documentary thing that they were making. What a gem to hear. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And then there was other people that just came in that were recording to tape. There's a guy that um he was like the producer for um for Britney Spears and um uh, Ben Ben Allen and uh Nick mm. I forget his last name. Uh they they uh came in and they wanted to do some tape stuff for Walk the Moon. And they were just, it wasn't like the whole album was tape, but I believe they played some tape stuff on there. And it was just really cool to see. I was like a very, very, very young audio engineer amidst mm-hmm. these people that were there during like the days of like James Brown coming to record at that studio and stuff like that. Like nice. there was yeah, such yeah. a gap in age between me and the the other people that they got down and whenever somebody would come to the studio to, and talk about tape, I just like sat up and be like, you're talking to the wrong person. I'm going to go get these other engineers, you know? And then they would sit That's down fantastic. and like, like I would just be in awe at the, um, at just what was going on because that was like 24 track, like the really professional stuff. And then in our mm-hmm. archives, we had like huge things of tape, but that is nothing compared to Groove Shelter and uh, the three <laughs> albums that we came out with our first album being $2 to purchase. You can still, if you I, were to I look up Groove that. Shelter, I believe it's on Bandcamp. I, I'm it pulling is. it up. I just pulled it up. Yep. <laughs> the, it the, intro, the intro to our first CD, I even think it's called Intro, is still one of my favorite pieces of music I've ever made. And I That's think it's cool. actually the very first one that I made, not on Pro Tools. I, it's like, it was like Studio 16. I can't even remember the name of it. But yeah, that's the, really, that's the story of Groove Shelter. I was so happy to find it because I didn't realize you played music. 
So it was like, oh wow! I have a, a I have a music engineering too. degree. Yeah, I have a, I have a, oh, I, really? I have I, I had to go that. through I had to go through the school <laughs> of music at Ball State in order to get my um, engineering degree. One of the hardest Fantastic. things I've ever done in my life. I think with uh, if you've ever heard of Kevin Bacon's six degrees of separation, I'm sure you've come across someone who has re- has uh, actually received their background in engineering, audio engineering from the recording workshop, which is basically seven tenths of a mile from my house. Awesome. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've recorded Kevin place. Bacon. So there you go. No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he brought it, he brought his dog <laughs> to the studio. <laughs> uh, nice. Nice. All so right. There you go. Two. Now, now, you know, now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Number two, what is the most challenging thing you have ever done? It doesn't have to be audio. It can be anything. Oh, it was definitely that 75 heart that I was talking about. No. <laughs> yeah, good, the and, and, and challenging in the way that like it's not challenging every single day because you can for the first week it's actually fun because it's like a challenge, right? But after you start doing it for 75 days, like I had the the worst part was or the hardest part I want to say is I would go and day the second to last day was my brother's wedding and you can't drink alcohol. So that, that was a big one. Like there's, I think it, it went across a couple holidays, which was like tough. But on top of that, it's like, I have two kids. So in order to get two workouts in every single day and also follow the diet that I was following and all this other stuff, it's a lot of sacrifice from my wife, like taking responsibility where I'm like, well, I got to go get my run in and all that stuff because one of the workouts has to be outside. So I want to say it wasn't just like a challenge for me um, physically, but like also it puts strain on relationships because you're like, you, you <laughs> have quote unquote, you have to do the things, but uh, obviously they were very encouraging. And then you after stayed rigid. Done, you stayed rigid with that. You didn't, you didn't know cheat days. Okay. So the big thing about it is <laughs> if you do, if you mess up on anything, you have to start all the way over. So that's the big that's why the, the longer the longer you go into it, the no. the more you don't want to mess up. Right. Yeah. The big the 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 biggest thing that most people forget is to take their um their selfie picture or their um their progress picture because it's just so easy to forget. And another one that I almost happened to me is like you'll go to go to sleep and then you'll like jut up from bed because you're like crap, I forgot to take my, my progress picture and then you'll take it. Or I'll just like start to fall asleep while I was reading my pages. So I, Uh, what I ended up doing, in fact, on my, um, on my YouTube channel, uh, my passion and progress one, you'll see, if you look up my 75 hard one, you'll, when I get to the part where I'm talking about reading, how I circumvented that was I just started reading while I was walking, like while I was pacing. So there's just like (laughs) footage of me pacing in my home, just trying to stay awake while I'm Uh like, reading a book, but definitely 75 hard was, um, one of the hardest challenges. And then, like I said before, was the, um, the school of music getting yeah. into the school of music in order to, this is funny because it all ties together. Um, what you were talking about with Groove shelter. So I knew when I was going to college, I wanted to do audio engineering and I went to, uh, visit colleges and in Indiana, there actually is an amazing audio engineering. It just so happens that Indiana has an amazing audio engineering, um, school at mm-hmm. ball state university, yes, which is, absolutely. um, uh, David Letterman's alma mater who coincidentally right. has nothing to do with the audio engineering aspect. He actually hmm. takes the media department. I may be wrong at this point. They may have like kind of blended those together, 
but um, there's like kind of two different tracks. And in order to go to the um, school, in order to get that audio engineering degree from Ball State, you have to physically, you have to go and take all the classes and have a music school degree. So I was playing things like Mary Had a Little Lamb on the piano (laughs) and that's it. Like I was taking piano lessons, but it wasn't anything like I wasn't playing Chopin or uh, Claude Debussy or anything like that. And um, I had to audition in front of all the teachers to like get into the school of music to start taking my classes. (laughs) And I completely bombed. I was, I was so horrible. My first audition and they, uh, they were like, look, you have heart kid, (laughs) but, uh, but you're definitely, we're not accepting you into the piano school of music, but what we can do is so you don't like lose, lose your track. We'll have you start taking the music theory classes and all the other stuff. So you don't like lose time, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you have to play an instrument. And if you play piano, you also have to play another instrument. So I had to do voice as well. So I went, I went from doing, I went from doing like, just like playing garage, whatever band stuff to like, Oh, I really have to learn how to read sheet music and all this stuff. So I sat down (laughs) and the next semester I came and I auditioned again and they still didn't let me in. Um, and I was, uh, I was at this point, imagine like how much college, like college costs a lot of money, you know? And it was such a wake up call of like my first year there, my first semester, I may have been like a B and C student after the second time I didn't get into the school of music and it was warranted. Like when I went, I didn't play well. Like I knew I wasn't going to make it and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. They, um, they were like, look, we're going to give you one more chance. And now we're going to put you underneath actual underneath one of the doctoral people that you would train with. And it was from day one training underneath one of the doctors. It was like a night and day difference. There was no comparison to one of the masters. I was with a master's student, which their like their thoughts were in the right place. And if I was like motivated enough to like do it, then I could have succeeded. But it just was a completely different ball game when you have everything on the line. I just spent like so much of my time trying to learn music theory and (laughs) like the biggest things to me were, um, oral theory. So when you, they would, you have classes where the teacher will sit at the piano, play something, and then you physically have to notate out what they just played to you. And you, so, so you have to know the diction, you have to know the rhythm. It's not just the melodic value, but you have to know the rhythm at which it was played. So I got, I had to go really quick. And then the other weed out class was acoustics which is just the science behind sound. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not like I hadn't even, I did, I, I was not good at math. And that started mm-hmm. to get into physics and geometry mm-hmm. of how sound bounces off walls. And then you have to know the specific variables of how certain materials will react when you have a sign tone right, of right. blah, blah, blah. And once yeah. I started getting into those classes, there's like a turning point of like, if you're interested in this stuff, you will definitely put forth the effort to learn it. And once I got to acoustics, it all clicked. I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? Like all of that math that I was, that they were teaching for no apparent reason, like it actually, like you actually use it for some reason. Like you can actually use, I can apply this stuff. So out of nowhere, I went from doing like B's and C's to then I switched to a straight A student. I got into the school of music at the end of that year. And then um, I, actually switched my minor from going from just like a media type of thing to the 
hardest minor that you could do in in I got an electronics physics minor. <laughs> because i because i was so intrigued by all of the (laughs) science behind i was like once they gave an application (laughs) to the actual why we had to know algebra i was like oh algebra is just like physics and every single time you solve a physics problem you're basically you just have to get a variable over to one side every single effing physics problem is you just have to get a variable (laughs) over to one side and then it's just like every single time you just have to find a different kind of formula and What's interesting is still to this day, like I had to get all the way to like calculus two and really I I was in the, I was way below where somebody was supposed to be in order to graduate. Um, but I, I, I ended up doing it a half of year after. So I went four and a half years, but all the rest of those, I like ended up getting all these internships and all this other stuff. But in order to get into the school of music off of three uh, trials. And then at the end I had to constantly, it doesn't, it doesn't end there. Like you actually have to perform for everyone. Like you had to put on your own concert. Like I had to orchestrate. I have, um, my, so on my channel are the very first, uh, I had to orchestrate these videos or orchestrate this music. And my very first videos on my channel was part of my senior capstone project from, Ball State when I orchestrated this stuff. I had to like get together a whole um, mini ensemble, make the, I think these ones were transcribing a, um, a, or orchestrating a version of Castlevania music from normal Nintendo, except making it my own. And then I also made my own orchestrations. But yeah, going, going through the school of music at Ball State was hands down one of the hardest things, but most fulfilling things because now I can talk to you about right. uh, <laughs> signal flow and all that kind of stuff. Whether well, It's, a, it's it, official. It, Javier <laughs> is a nerd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I yeah, love that, it. Uh, that, that was one of the... Um, it's, I, when I talk to people whether or not it's worth it to go to college for that kind of stuff, for me, college allotted me the opportunity to have that instance where I was yes. in that stadium and the audio didn't work, <laughs> right, right. which is something to learn from. But also I'm able to tell you here that like, oh, I recorded Kevin Bacon. I recorded, <laughs> you know, all these other people, you know, like it's like you can get to that point um, and whether or not you needed a college degree to do that at this point, I'm not sure. But from my standpoint, from my stance, it was, I was able to get the connections and actually learn the things to speak the language of different artists in the studio and all that kind of stuff. But the real lesson we're learning here is perseverance. And I mean, I think that goes back to, to, to some of your earlier stories too. Exactly. Full circle, full circle. (laughs) It's not that you knew the technical, uh, the, the technical thing to fix like the stuff at the, um, at the show choir or the, Mm -hmm. uh, or the um, graduation or some of this other stuff or doing this sound. It's it's that you kept your poise and it was your attitude and you worked it out. And I think that's just a big thing that that gets overlooked sometimes. We get so bogged down with jargon and technical knowledge that we forget that you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't keep your poise and and you don't persevere and you don't plow through and you don't figure out a way, none of that knowledge matters. Right, right. It's all about that attitude and... And uh, you definitely personify that yeah. for sure. So that's a yeah. good thing. 
like even when um, you said you were having difficulties, I was like, oh, it's okay. I mean, I know you have recording gear on your end. I have recording mm-hmm. gear on my end. Like mm-hmm. we're we're already on Instagram. Like I'll just like hit the thing to start video chatting with you, and then I'll just like I'll just we'll just pair the audio things exactly. together after exactly. the. I was like, oh, we'll just get it done somehow, but. Yeah. yeah, we're fortunate today in, in modern technology. There's so many different ways to skin a cat, basically. And uh, Why would you we, want to skin a cat? I don't I, really I, understand I just, that. I, I mean, I like why. cats. I don't, yeah. I don't really understand. That is I don't kind like of a that. weird phrase, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You have to look and that is up. there really more than one way to skin it? You skin it. I don't think there is another way. There's I, You I, just skin it. I don't think there is Paul, more than one way. You're taking us down a dark... Well, you've dark. pissed me off. <laughs> We've come to the part in the show. There's always one point in the show where you've pissed me off. I know, I know. And it's funny too, because I was thinking the whole time I'm listening to Javier talk and talk about all the, the technical stuff and everything. I'm like, I just want to say so bad, damn it. I'm a sound engineer, not a, not a producer. I'm not, you know, <laughs> it's like, know your place. You know, I, I love it. I, I love all the stuff that you brought to this. I got one more question for you. Sure. Looking at goals. What is the one thing you really hope to achieve before you die? Oh, before I die? Yeah. Oh man. It's a tough one. I think. Uh, tough or rapid? I mean, probably just having a legit house on the water <laughs> with <laughs> my family. Wonderful. Like, like yeah. literally all the other things, um, and having like a good relationship with all of my family. But the I think that's the the physical goal. But because of the, having that physical goal, um, I both my wife and I always talk about like ah oh, when when. Like next time we're going to get a house, it's going to be like the house on the water Mm -hmm. type of thing. But it's because of all of the other things that you have to put in motion to achieve something like that. That's the, um, that's where all the rest of the stories are. But the, the easy answer there is, um, have, have a house on the water. Uh, that's not like just like a rinky dink thing, but something that we're proud of in a shack down by the river. (laughs) It always (laughs) comes down to diet of American cheese. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes. I think when when we look at our goals and things, it, it we we can have our professional goals, we can have our personal goals and things like that. But I think it's really cool that when you really cut out all the fat, it always kind of falls back onto your 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 family circle. Right. Yeah, just, yeah. That's that's the other thing I was gonna say. It's it's funny because after you start having kids, um the the things kind of change because now I'm like yeah. oh yeah like it's just cool sitting there and like oh what if we like sat down here and then at the end of this session like my son will get whatever he's supposed to get about whatever he's studying like I get that mm-hmm. same curiosity that I had when I was in college and then I switched to like physics where like it just clicked like yeah. I after having that realization I want to try and I try and bring that to the table whenever I'm trying to teach where of like you can apply these kinds of things in a real way, as opposed to an abstract qu- equation that you're trying to solve for why, as it's like, well, actually let's say for instant, why is uh, like the electrical current that you're trying to figure out. And these, it, this is your voltage for this side. And this is this, and that could actually be, you're trying to build a, I don't know, a soundboard, or you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how many lights that you can put up in a grid, which is like legit math that you need to know. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It's it's funny because like we talked so much about audio, but it's like ah, on my YouTube channel, if you want to check it out, it's all about video editing and filmmaking. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, there's so much, there's so many layers to hobby. There really mm-hmm. is. There's, I mean, geez. I mean, I, I, 
I, I wasn't joking when I said early on in the episode that you were, if I had to pick and say that you were a Jedi Knight of the <laughs> content creator uh, universe, I, so I really he's not, wasn't He's joking. not a Yoda. He's not a Jedi master. Why couldn't he be? He sounds like he's a master to me. He's a master. He's a master, I think. <laughs> well, thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I've learned so much. I really have. I every Every time I watch one of your videos, I just, there's always something in there that I didn't know. In fact, as I was doing the research uh, for this podcast, there was a episode on YouTube that I hadn't watched yet. And you'd mentioned that statistically, most of your viewers go away by this certain point in the show. And that's when the gold happened. <laughs> it really did. It's like right, right after that, it was like, oh my God, I didn't know you could do that. That's, <laughs> that is just, you know, I, I ended up liking it. So you probably saw it last night. I liked, uh, I can't remember yeah, there's what the video a- was. It's, um, I forget which one that I know, I know the, I know you're, you're what video you're talking about, but I don't know the specific one. Right, right, right. Um, but it's interesting because of YouTube's algorithm, it, from what I understand, it helps that to have longer watch time. So instead of yeah. making 10, one minute videos, I'll make one 10 minute video a week. Yes. And, yeah. uh, I understand that like by minute five, only about 50 to 25% of people are there. But by that time, those people just kind of stay throughout the rest of the video. And Mm -hmm. I try and just group everything that I'm teaching into like 10 tips for this thing or five tips for this thing and try and keep it to about 10 minutes and uh, keep it interesting for that amount of time. And hopefully it's educational in some way, shape or form. But yeah. I, that's another big thing that I try and during my um, podcast that I learned was just, or not, not, not necessarily my podcast, but during the formation of my channel and I'm still trying to uh, get a grasp of is not mm-hmm. wasting people's time. It's like so right, right, hard right. to get your personality in there, teach what needs to be taught, and then also appease the algorithm in terms of keeping people there (laughs) watching for that amount of time, which I'm so uh, thankful for the people that do watch or just watch for like an extended period of time and just the people that are come across my videos and like they found something useful out of them. But whenever I'm trying, whenever I go to create content, I always have the end viewer in mind in thinking of like how if you were to draw out a Venn diagram of how can I still keep this fun for me and then a circle for the viewer and then draw that little thing where they meet in the middle uh, and have that happy medium between right this is content that I'm happy with that I'm still uh, entertained with that I'm still like I still enjoy making while also helping out the viewer help me help you yeah, exactly. <laughs> so much, so much. There is a lot of value there. There really is. I, I, I can't express that enough. I mean, everybody listening to the show, this, this, you got to go check out Javier Mercedes. If you're into uh, video editing you know, and all that kind of stuff, it, uh, I'm just, sure there's some other videos yeah, on there yeah, that yeah. are like for bigger audiences. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you're making any kind of content like like that whatsoever, you're going to learn something. Paul, did you have anything you wanted to ask before we? That was it. I got my question. You got your question in. Awesome. All right. That's the end of the show. Javier, how can people find you and learn more about your work? 
It's Javier Mercedes on YouTube. That's J-A-V-I-E-R, Mercedes, just like the car. And then on social, that's Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Javier Mercedes X. Awesome. We will add links to the sh- show notes as well. So anybody who wants to just uh, pop into the show notes and just click on the links, you can do that. Share this episode. Subscribe if you're not already. And I'd love for you to leave us a review. That always helps. The algorithm loves it. If you listen to the entire episode, I'm thankful you shared your time with us, and I hope you choose to become what I like to call a regular. It was so much fun having you on the podcast today, Javier. Thank you for hanging out with us and making the time to share your work and knowledge with us. Yes, definitely. Very awesome. Yes, Very it was awesome. a lot of fun. Thanks, Paul Mike. Until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse be thirsty. We'll see you guys later. See you, Paul. See you. See you, Javi. Rapid. 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 Rapid.